Welcome to the Cod Past Podcast, where your fishy past hooks your brilliant future. With Dr. Deborah, Laura, and Dr. Trish. All right, we're live almost in Facebook. <clears throat> and remember to go there and um, push it out to your own personal page. Yeah, so we just take a second and we'll go to the Codpast Podcast Facebook page and we'll go ahead and share it when it when it comes up. It's up now. And Laura usually talks us through this. Hey everybody, we're sharing on to oh our Oh my god, I had so many issues. I had a cough. I had a I had a sneeze and I'm still not sure we're recording I know we're live on Facebook, but Trisha, are we also recording for? I believe Because I don't are. get up in the corner. I believe you. Okay, oh. I'm going to share it. I'm sharing. We're recording, I think. Right? It said we were recording. Okay. We're good to go then. Because I, I had to press got it. Yeah, yeah but that was for it. Facebook. All right. Now, now it's recording. recording. <laughs> Persistence well, is my middle name. Yes. Welcome everybody to the Codpast podcast where we <laughs> where we talk about your fishy past that will hook your brilliant future. We're excited today to have a guest who I'll introduce in a minute, but we're here with Dr. Deborah, Dr. Trish, and Laura, and a special guest, Sue Pine. But I was wondering if Laura would have a fish joke to start us off with so that we can, you know. Well, she better. She better. Because that's one of her jobs. probably why I had my coughing, sneezing fit. I had to go get my phone um, so that I could get one because it doesn't just come off the, you know, off the top of my head anymore. Um, I thought you were an improv. I I am. I'm an improv. But that takes a lot of You can just make it up. And since Trish now has us pushing out to Spotify soon, and we're in the comedy section, uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, we should start with a joke as we always do. And just let people know that we don't take life seriously, but we take our purpose seriously. We live our life on purpose. So anything that we say that's funny, I'm so happy we're entertaining you, but I hope we're all can, can and will be used against us in a court of law. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, I will start with a joke so we legit can be in that category. How about that? <laughs> so where do fish sleep? Where do they sleep? So you can guess too. Coral beds. That's good. Oh, that's, that's really my good. Guess. That's my guess. Oh, okay. Anybody else? Uh, um, well, I mean... There are a bunch of beds in the ocean. Are we closer? Oh, yes. You're very, very, very close. You're getting okay. warmer. It's, you're it's getting not, wetter. Not like they sleep in school, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be me telling them to do that. Yeah. That was me at 3 p.m. every afternoon. What is this? Like it's, it it's looks kind like of a I'm, hot mess, Trish. It's kind of a hot it, mess. It looks like I'm trying to hook something. <laughs> It does. It does. The answer to this joke of our podcast. Yeah. All right. So when I tell you, you guys are going to be really upset with yourselves. 
All right. On a waterbed. Oh, oh I get that. Right. How many people Sorry. had a waterbed? I didn't. Do you have a waterbed here? Oh, oh yeah, I had a waterbed. Oh, yeah. I slept yeah. on it for years. Yeah. Yes. I did too. And then mine leaked when my parents came. And I said, you know, you guys can sleep on my waterbed, which was not exactly what my dad was thrilled to do. And it leaked. <laughs> then it was a mess. Yeah. Then I, I didn't mess. want to do it anymore. Well, one of my cousins posted a fish joke and I forgot about it until Laura started going. And I said, I'm going to say this on our podcast this week, but it's just a sentence that, that um, it's not a question. I made some fish tacos today, but they just ignored them and swam away. (laughs) (laughs) That's like uh, down here in Haco, which now I'm out of Haco. I'm in San Jose, but my favorite place to eat was Haco Taco because that's where they had the fish tacos from Hako. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, you know, welcome everybody. We're so glad you're here today. And I'm going to introduce our guests. We're here just to have a conversation together as four women that that have a lot in common. We have all four of us have a lot in common. Um, Sue Pine is our guest. I knew Sue in high school. And we graduated in 1973, so you can tell that we're we're very young women, but we also um, have reconnected in the past year or so just through Facebook. And then um, I even saw you in person a couple months ago or a few months ago. Yeah, it was just great. And so we're becoming great friends. And um, Sue is just one of the kindest, sweetest people. And She, um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She's the owner of Serenities Now LLC. It's a whole, she's a holistic practitioner, a life coach, an emotion code certified practitioner, a registered yoga teacher, and and a health and wellness advocate. Her passion is helping others release their emotional baggage, reduce and manage their stress and empower them to think more clearly, set a plan and live the life they desire. Says Sue, once you experience the power of God's healing energy, your life will never be the same. I want to help you experience better health, better relationships, and more abundance in your life. Helping people find their purpose and find the joy is what I love to do. It's my true joy and my calling. I get so much satisfaction from helping my clients break through the barriers that get in the way of finding their purpose and watching them make the transition from chaos to calm. And so that that's just a, a few, that's, I mean, Sue is all about peace. And I just, I'm just so excited to hear from her today because I've seen her Facebook page and Serenities Now, and, I'm, and, and all of her posts are very positive and loving and kind. Um, I just wanna kinda ask her to talk a little bit about Serenities Now and how she got there and what her vision is for sharing with other people her her uh, her purpose. Well, so she sounds know, like a bit like all of us. She is, she is very much like I, all I, of us. I mean, I love this. You, yeah. I, your resume could just be kind of folded in parts of our stuff. Yeah, so and we'll have cool. uh, you and Trish can have a uh, little bit of a yoga um, conversation if you'd like. But tell us a little bit about Serenities now, uh, Sue, and your your philosophies. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. Sounds a lot more um, 
I, I don't know. It sounds like a lot, but yeah. you know, I guess um, Serenities Now is a uh, business that just came to me as I was um, on a business trip. I spent 31 years in the steel industry and I did a lot of traveling. I did a lot of industrial relations and a lot of things. And it got, um, it got pretty stressful at times. And I was on one of those business trips where you're going, another one, do I really want to, you know, you know how it gets sometimes. And I'm thinking, because and just to kind of set this up, I'm a Seinfeld person. I love the show Seinfeld. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, serenity now, serenity now, <laughs> you know, from the one episode where George just kind of like goes all over the place. And I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking, well, you know, serenity doesn't just happen. You need the tools. And um, that's kind of how the business started. Just, I started, I jotted some stuff down on the notes in my phone and said, you know, we're going to call it serenities now. And this was uh, maybe 2013 or so. And um, I just started adding in all the different little tools that had helped me make it through and started sharing them with others. It's kind of how we started. Oh my gosh, that is so nice. And also you told me that when you got out of the steel industry and you got mm -hmm. out of corporate America and decided yeah. to be an entrepreneur, that one of the first things you did was to Oh yes, get a little purple in my hair. Yeah, quit being so like corporate, you know, the things you always wanted to do, but you knew you probably couldn't, you know. Yeah, Sue told me that I said, oh, I love your little colors in your hair. She goes, well, first thing I did when I got a corporate America, I wanted to just do what I wanted to do. And that is one of the things that's really nice about mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, right? When you're an entrepreneur, right you definitely can um, do what you want to do. So Sue, when you were talking about some of the tools that you use to, mm -hmm. what are some of the outcomes that you would like for your clients? And then what are some of the tools you help them with? Every client I have is a unique individual. You know, we're all put here on earth as little spiritual beings. And um, depending on our environments and how we're raised and everything, we go all over the place and a lot of times we really stray away from the reason we're here. Mm -hmm. And that causes a lot of chaos, a lot of chaos. You know, not to mention we bring stuff with us anyway. But um, what I like to do is help people get back to the reason they're here. You know, we're all here for a purpose. What was the first question you asked them to, to start to lead in that direction? I always ask people just to tell me about themselves. You know, we usually just like we're sitting down with a cup of coffee or something and chat for a while. And then I will ask them, you know, are, is there stuff that you really love? Is there stuff that you really don't love? You know, what, what, what do you like to do each day? You know, what do you despise? You know, we just, I think you have to learn who the person is and what their desires are, even if they don't really know, you know, it'll come out as you talk. Mm -hmm. 
and as you lead them down this path and they and maybe they finally I mean, I know that we've done this, us three have done this, because believe it or not, we've only really known each other in person for about nine months. And we feel like we've known, well, we were together, we've been together since Jesus's fire. I know that we were around the campfire. We, I know that for we a were fact. around the campfire. But yep. I do know, but I do believe that, um, you know, all of a sudden when you start saying, yeah, what do you like? What you don't like? What do you, what really, I'll tell you what, somebody said this and it might've, I don't even know who said this, maybe Trish or somebody, I, I don't know. But somebody said yesterday, things that make me stand on my tippy toes. That's what I want to be involved in, mm -hmm. right? And I, somebody said that to me this <clears throat> week and I swear yeah. I, I must've said it 30 times after that because I thought, is it, if we could always, stand on our tippy toes looking in the window and going I'm gonna go there you know yeah. I want to be that and uh and that's my new mantras I want to be around people that make me stand on my tippy toes like these two girls I yeah. swear tippy toes on the edge of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> on the edge of everywhere but uh but yeah it's fun to be on your tiptoes trying to reach for something you know right you right and it's there and don't you think, Sue, that's when you people know their purpose when they're when they're like, this is what really makes me what I don't know, happy, turned on, excited, you know, motivated. Well, sometimes or... I ask people, what makes you want to get out of bed in the morning? I uh -huh. think that's it. What I think is that's it? it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. What makes you want to start that day? You know, and what percent would you say don't know how many have got, had forgotten? what gets them up in the morning do you, let's do you guess idea? let's guess okay i'll guess i'll guess uh 30 might know maybe even lower yeah 30, i was gonna 30. say i bet 80 percent don't know because i've asked in my work too i've asked that question so many times i'm sure you guys have too i was and, i'm going to be a more optimistic human being i'm going to say that maybe 60 percent know and 40 percent don't know what what do you think sue well from my experience i i'm kind of sad to say but one in ten don't know yeah yeah i i, they, they I believe don't. it i i think people don't know what they want they don't know what mm -hmm. they like they don't know what they love they don't know what they want to do they you know it, it's um i think it's part of our, the whole programming that we're mm -hmm. probably going to get a little bit into on the show but uh yeah, people have been programmed right out of their head, right out of their soul. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, they do things out of out of duty instead of devotion. Duty and fear. Oh, oh I love I that. I love that. Well, that gave that. me shivers. Duty I instead of devotion. We are, we're always writing now. stuff down, Sue. So that was, that <laughs> was a, that was that a, was row advice. The there you that go. That was a catch of the day. That was oh, a catch wow. of the that day. was a catch of the day duty instead of devotion okay and so explain that a little bit what what that might mean to our audience as far as doing something out of duty instead of devotion well in our culture you got to get up you got to go to work for most people you know you got to do stuff around the house you got all these chores and you know you just got to get them done we don't really think about why we really don't take the time to appreciate I had to clean the bathroom. And then, you know, I, I felt like this for years. And I went to Malawi, Africa with a wonderful group called Little Dresses for Africa. And 
uh, we spent, a, a, I think it was a week or so there, and they didn't have plumbing most places. And I came home and I'm like, I get to clean the bathroom. <laughs> I'm so thankful I have plumbing, you know? And it's like, it changes things. You find the gratitude, you find the, the blessing in what you're doing. And it switches it over. It's like you flip it, you know? That's really good. That is really, I mean, I think we can just stop the podcast now. I think we got the, we got the rat. All this wisdom, I'm, I'm telling you. That was you. really, really good. And, and you know, um, I was thinking this morning, I'm in Costa Rica where, uh, you know, we could, I could talk about this forever, but I was doing the dishes today and it, pretty much, it, we, you know, no place has had hot water for dishes and, and most places don't really even have it for showers because the water's kind of tap cool or whatever yeah. so a lot of them don't don't spend the money on on heating the water and I, I was like you I was like I'm gonna be leaving here in two days and this is gonna be like one of the last times I get to do the dishes in cold water and I'm so appreciative <laughs> that the water's running, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, that's really good. Sue. really good. So um, another thing that uh, mm -hmm. kind of came to, I remember we were talking earlier, you, and this was a, a time in your life prior to your job, your career with the steel industry, I think that so. you were in the air force. Oh, yes, it was. And tell us a little bit about your role in the Air Force. And you, you said there was something that you did with the new airmen to, that, to kind of fool them and trick them into doing what oh, you wanted yeah. them to do. Yeah, that was my last assignment. But um, when I joined the Air Force, I joined um, in 1978. It was peace times, you know, and um, I am a, a strict pacifist. I am really a pacifist, do no harm, you know, that is a principle I live by. But I also know that the best offense in the military is a strong defense. So I uh, joined the Air Force and, you know, you go through all the testing and stuff and they kind of just say, okay, this is what you're going to do for your job back then. It's, it's a little different now, I think. And so my job was computer maintenance and repair. And the, um, the machines I was working on were um, the communication systems for the Minuteman missiles, you know? Oh. And I'm like, okay, I'm a pacifist and I'm controlling the ability for somebody to push this button and blow up the world, you know? But, um, you know, it was, it was quite scary yet humbling. Um, so I did that for a while. I learned all of that. And then they asked me to teach. So I taught the computer maintenance and I really enjoyed it. But um, an opening came up in what was called mission application seminar. And um, that was a neat program because, you know, we're talking the late 70s, early 80s. And my job, <laughs> you know, today it, it's kind of scary when I think about what's going on in the world right now. But at the time, my job was to, to teach the brand new airmen, anybody that came through our base. I was in Biloxi, Mississippi at the time, just 
you know, <clears throat> nothing like it is today. And um, all these little airmen, because I, I joined kind of late compared to most. So these are like 18 year olds and I'm like an old 23 maybe, you know. <laughs> but I'm teaching them all about the Soviet Union, all about the missiles, all about the way if you don't do your job right, it's going to blow us all up and, you know, we're all going to die. <laughs> so it was a very interesting assignment. Very yeah. interesting assignment. Oh my gosh. I'm thank gonna you for your service. I, I, yes, thank you for your service. I'm going to jump in with a question that I never get to ask because we get to the end and it's never been appropriate to ask, but it is now. Oh, I'm <laughs> you afraid. You worked for the missile men, and there is a lot of um, there are a lot of stories about UFOs shutting down, you know, the uh, yeah. silos, the nuclear silos. Did you have any experience like that, or are you familiar with any of those stories? You know, we heard the stories, um, but I I never had any experiences or anything, you know. If, of course, if you would hear things like that, your upper, you know, people would just say, oh, you know, just, you know, they're just trying to stir stuff up and there's no mm -hmm. such thing. And, you know, but oh, oh, Trisha, you're, on mute. you're <laughs> muted. As a matter of fact, just a few minutes ago, uh, Stephen Greer, who has kind of blown the lid off of a lot of uh, people that were that have been in the military who really needed an outlet to talk to and, and, and make peace with themselves because they knew something or, but they couldn't yeah. talk to anybody else. And Stephen Greer, uh, he, he was actually just kind of on a calling. He just kept getting more and more people telling him stuff and he felt like he had to sit. And uh, he's sort of on a roll right now because he's really concerned about the world. Um, as we all are, if we're smart pacifists, and and uh, uh, there are a lot of people that were on those bases that have said, "I was there. We could not get those things to respond. We were talking to the other bases. We couldn't. You know, nobody knew what to do. Everyone told us not to tell anybody. In it, mm -hmm. but there are so many of those people that knew about that, right. and." Um, well, God bless you. Uh, yeah, you know, I thank you for your work. My dad was career Air Force. My brother was in charge of the football. So nice. my, my brother was in charge of those codes. That's why he quit the Air Force. And, wow. and now I'm in Costa Rica where they haven't had a military uh, since the 40s. They have a national police. So they do have something that kind of keeps the peace or whatever. But but they don't they don't spend much money on uh, mm -hmm. on self-protection and i think because love pushes out the negativity i think that when you have a lot of love bomb mm -hmm. that nothing can penetrate it i mean i've watched it in That's my own awesome. life yeah yeah and trish you also said too that they they um they're very highly literate so they spend their money on education as opposed to military so that's that's amazing yeah um and i spent a lot of time in africa because i had schools over there and most i it could be all but most of the countries 
education is not free. You are not allowed to go to school unless you can either buy a uniform or pay for it or pay for books or something. And, and you can see the disparity in Costa Rica, all education is free, including universities. And they have, wow. they have a hundred percent literate population, which when I was in K-12 education and teacher training, I would go, well, how do you even get hundred percent literacy? Like, mm -hmm. aren't there some people that can't be, you know, can't read, but there, if you, if you get that vibe that's here, that mm -hmm. sort of self-respect and respect for others, everybody, they have unequal pay all over the place. I mean, there are a lot mm -hmm. of wealthy people in Costa Rica. I could not believe all the expensive cars here. But there's, uh, you know, there's a, a huge amount of people who don't, don't have five cents. Mm -hmm. But everybody seems to be all right. Nobody seems yeah. to struggle for food or clothes or and, and, and you'll go by somebody begging for, for money and they'll say, Pura Vida, you know, peace. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this, that might be a good segue into, because I don't know a lot about it. I think Trisha and Laura may know a lot about the emotion code. Mm -hmm. And you brought up on our clubhouse, the emotion code and then another code. The body code. The body code. But I know that you're an emotion code certified practitioner, I believe. And body code as well. And yeah. body code. Okay. Yeah. Would you mind talking about that a little bit about what the emotion code is and what the body code is and how that can benefit people? Sure. Sure. Because I find that to be one of the most valuable tools I have found for my tool acts. The emotion code and the body code were developed, discovered by Dr. Bradley Nelson who's a chiropractor and a wonderful man. I mean, oh my gosh, you know, you can tell that he was inspired when this came. And what he found was that a lot of times when things happen to us, we trap the emotions. You know, you start, just something happens and you just don't process it out. And that emotion becomes this little ball of energy it can be like the size of a grape, a softball, a grapefruit it can be bigger, can be smaller, depends. And that gets in your system and it just gets stuck, you know? And um, after a while, sometimes these little balls of emotion, that these little energy balls can cause issues. You know, they will cause issues. It's not they can, they will. And if you don't process them out, you don't release them, you know, you can have emotional problems, you can have mental issues, you can have um, physical issues. And um, for example, I had a friend that when I was first learning had really severe back problems. And she let me practice on her and I'm, I'm in debt because you know, someone lets you get into their energy. The way this works is that you actually connect your energies together and you kind of act as a proxy for the person and you ask, um, tap into that subconscious of the person that you're working with and say, okay, um, is there a, an emotional imbalance here, attract energy that we can remove? You know, that my friend here, she has, um, lots of pain in her back. Is there something that's causing that? 
we released maybe six or seven pretty big things that she, you know, like I would say, well, um, you know, this, this emotion of grief says it happened when you were around seven years old. Does that strike anything and come up, you know, and she'd be, oh yeah, you know, and we'd get rid of it. We just, you know, use the magnetism of body, release that energy. By the time we were done, she didn't have any more back pain. Oh my god. And gosh, she I was just, yeah, she was just like, what just happened? You know? But it's this modality where it's kind of like, you know, the 21 questions game where you just all these yeses and no's. You just tap into that subconscious and start asking yes and no questions. You know, is it this? Is it that? When then you narrow it down if you need to, you know. Do we need to know more? Yes or no? Is it um, like, did it happen at between zero age and 10, zero and 10, 10 and 20? You know, you just keep going until the body realizes there's enough information here that we can get rid of it. Wow. And was, that, was that all in one session or was that over several different sessions? That particular one was in one session. Wow. And it was, um, it was like not that many trapped emotions, but they were just all concentrating, concentrated. And I have found with most of the people that I work with that if you have a weak area in your body, that's kind of where they start to build up anyway. It's like, okay, well, we'll just go live with our friend hate over here and our friend anger and, you know, and, and they just all hang out. So, you That's know. a great way to put it. That's so true. And I remember I'm a competitive athlete and it's almost always if something goes wrong, it's on the left side of my body. So it's probably that hate, that grief, that fear always goes to the left leg or the left shoulder. Right. And the doctor said it, she, I don't think she knew anything about the emotion code, but what she said is it always goes to one side of the body. So now you've yeah. explained why that's cool. Yeah, that was really interesting. So, and so that, and it reminds me a little, uh, Laura's a Reiki master. So it reminds me a little bit about, you know, the energy um, mm -hmm. things that, and need to really learn about that. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, um, and Reiki is so powerful. You know, I, I um, can do Reiki up through level two. That's where I chose to stop that. But I do use it a lot of times because when you use the body code, the body code is kind of like the emotion code on steroids. It lets you address specific um, imbalances in six different categories. And, you know, it includes like, different systems like your digestive system or things like that and um sometimes you'll come up with in the body code there's a section called outside needs this person has outside needs and reiki will come up quite often and so we can do through the quantum field some reiki right in the middle of our body code session and not have to stop and come back it's a very powerful tool. Yeah, it sounds like you just release. You find it, you release. You do whatever it is. It's like 
with Reiki, my Reiki master taught us because I'm also an, a licensed massage therapist. You know, you can only do so much with Reiki and then you may have to go in there and do some soft tissue work. So yeah, right. you know, using different modalities really is good for the client and it's using the body, the mind and the spirit basically. Right. Yeah. Well, because also, yeah. Go ahead, Sue. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that um, you sound incredibly intuitive. And one of the things that uh, I'm learning and that I'm teaching right now is um, the seven senses, which, you know, most of us only think there are five. Yeah. But there are actually tons of senses. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been reading, reading, reading about them. And um, uh, it's funny how a lot of places have stopped using the sixth sense as your psychic sense or your intuitive. Yeah. They're naming it all kinds of things, but that, but what I've noticed is that the people that are tapping into that sixth sense, that level of intuition, that level of psychic ability, everybody, I believe everybody is psychic. Everybody has the ability that Jesus taught to heal to, to heal yourself, to heal others, et cetera. And I think that the more you use it like you uh, and the more you're open to the different modalities and being able to combine those, it, 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 it makes you into this almost superhuman force because what you're doing is, I, you know, it almost makes me start to cry because I, every person on the planet needs it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they, it's um, it. We're so away from how our body just clicks and works, mm -hmm. and you know, just flows with nature. We have been so programmed away from that, and we get stuck in these different emotions. And so, I I love hearing you talk about this, and then hearing you talk about using your intuition. And I mean, I I got certified in Reiki before anybody knew what it was. So my knowledge of Reiki and Laura's knowledge of Reiki is like 180 degrees different, you know, but I think any of these kinds of trainings for anybody can just help us open up another level, another level, another level to be more helpful, pacifists to get this world to start to hum the way it was intended, I think, by God. You know, I don't think God made a world that would test us forever. I think God in made the a last world that- two years, the last two years, we've had we've been in fear and stress even more. And so I think people need it even more. Oh, and yeah. I, I love what you're you're saying. I'm, I'd love, I'm gonna make an appointment with you and get, and get some, <laughs> I am, I am gonna get some, I'd love to do that with you. So just tell me what would, and I know everybody's different, but what would an average treatment, um, not just session, but plan be? Like, it depends on the person. I get that. But right. how do you, how do you, um, how do you do your treatment? Well, what I do is I, I will meet with the person and find out, you know, what are they looking for? Some people don't want a long-term plan, even though everybody needs a long-term plan. Some people want a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. And so if, if that person wants a Band-Aid, we'll identify, okay, what specific thing is it? And then maybe they might just say, you know, I just have knee pain and I wanna get rid of it. And so we'll set up a little session where 
um, we'll just do a body code session and, um, you know, just tune into their subconscious and say, you know, what's the best thing we can do for the knee pain? And we'll work from there. I also have this neat little thing. It looks like a, um, looks like an iPhone. That's all it looks like it, but it's an AO scan. And it, it has, um, frequency it's like a frequency generator as one of the things that it does and you can um send frequencies for the person that will they're balancing frequencies so sometimes we'll include those balancing frequencies like for pain relief for um specific body parts i mean if the person knows it's because their meniscus is frayed you know, then we'll go in, we'll find the correct frequency in the AO scan, and we'll run some frequencies, um, maybe five minutes a day for a week after we've had our session to help support the healing of that, um, of that area of the body. You so, know, if, so then do you have to be with the person or you can do it over Zoom, it sounds like? Um, I do most of that type of work over the phone. Over the phone. Yeah. And so as long as they can hear it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to see their face or their expressions or anything. You just hear their not, voice. It's better not really? to. Really? Because really? if we're talking about the body code sessions, you don't want anything to get in the way. You're looking at their subconscious. You're working with their subconscious. You don't want to see their expression that's why i don't use zoom and a lot of times if we are on zoom i don't have my video on because that like if you make eye to eye connection in the healing process you're missing you're missing that connection the spiritual connection mm. you know and we want to get back to that spiritual being that's in there you know the, this what we see this human piece is just the house for our spiritual body, you know, and where this dis-ease is coming from is an imbalance somewhere in that spiritual body that we have to work through so the physical body can work better. And as far as the frequencies go, they just go through the quantum field, just like, you know, any other energy. So they don't have to be around at all, you know, I just, once we identify it i'll say okay well monday through friday i'm going to do um run your scan um text me if you have questions and we just kind of let it go at that wow i love that's that that's really cool yeah that it's is amazing so cool. what energy can you know what yeah you can do we talk that. about energy a lot dr trish has a doctorate in in energy medicine and so this yeah. is she, this is right up her alley but I've learned a lot from her and I'm learning a lot from you today too. Maybe we can segue a little bit into spirituality just because we are, um, well, I, I like what you said about how our spiritual soul is all we are. You know, the body's mm -hmm. just a, is just a vehicle while we're here on earth. Mm -hmm. And um, talk a little bit about spirituality and, um, you know, how that can help to make the world a better place and how, how it's helped you um 
And if you want to tell a little bit of your story, you can, or however. Well, well I, I'd like to pick her brain about this huge elephant that we kind of talked about, because I'll bet Sue has a really good opinion of how people can shift things. So, so are you guys good with that? Yeah, absolutely. So, Sue, uh, this morning I got an email, or it might have been last night, from my daughter, who is a very strong Christian, and mm -hmm. she's just she really lives her belief and her truth, and I just I'm really proud of her. And um, <clears throat> and she was sending me a, a thing saying we used to live in Scottsdale, mm -hmm. and then we lived in Phoenix. She now lives in Arizona, but so does my other daughter. And they are having what is called a Satan con, which is kind of like a comic con, you know, mm -hmm. uh, where they have these thousands of people show up for comics. Well, this is called Satan con. And the reason that they decided to do it today, tomorrow and Sunday is because uh, the city council there always have interfaith prayers. So anybody can say a prayer for the city mm -hmm. council. And uh, the this group wanted to do a prayer to evil, <laughs> and um, and so the council said no, and so they decided, I don't know, months ago that they would do this big international convention there. Scottsdale's known for international conventions, and um, uh, my take, my way of working with things is to not go into fear because mm -hmm. I think fear is part of the dis-ease or the imbalance or whatever right, it, do, it right. doesn't it's not real it's you know false no. evidence and so I but I have triggers like everybody and so I use essential oils to get over those triggers yeah, and so um so <laughs> how would you the three of us kind of were powwowing about what we thought we could do to help just elevate the energy and elevate mm -hmm. anything around that so that it just sort of dissipates with no energy in it but based on what you're telling us about the body if you were mm -hmm. going to tell us about the body of the earth and all the bodies right. on it how would you best work on healing the people that are scared there today and tomorrow and sunday and whatever else the outcome might be. I'd love to hear your opinion about that. Well, I'm gonna have, give you a little background before I go there. You know, we serve a mighty God. We know who wins in the end. And, you know, we know where all the healing comes from. You know, I totally depend on God's healing energy for everything I do. And, um, I totally have faith because faith and fear can't live in the same space. I have faith that, you know, God wins. I know that. But we also have lots of tools out there. And um, one of the tools that I use on a daily basis, in fact, it's going on right now as we speak, is my little AO scan machine. It is programmed to, um, to send out healing frequencies to the earth. And I'm just gonna re kind of read the list for you of the frequencies that every day for a couple hours every day, 
I send out frequencies for the earth and all its inhabitants for energetic clearing, shielding, love, forgiveness, and gratitude, peace, calm, and tranquility, um, lower stress, better energy, um, relationship enhancement, um, health, strength, and recovery. I've added that since, co since the pandemic. And um, I believe that we can raise the vibration of the planet. The more people that use the tools that they have and they send those energy, those healing energies to our planet, the, the better that vibration is going to go. <clears throat> and the, you know, like attracts like. So it's going to attract more good. So, and I'm really dismayed about what you just said about Scottsdale. I mean, shame on them, but that's, you know, I'm not here to judge. It said too that it's the world's largest satanic gathering. So people are yeah. coming from all over to. And Scottsdale. so it's, and it's scaring the, pe the people that I know there. And I'm sure you know, it is. And, and I think that what you're saying, I'll give you an example today when I very first uh, got a hold of Deborah this morning and uh, I had sent both Deborah and Laura this information because part of what we try to do on this podcast is talk about really current stuff having to do with anything really anything that somebody's talking about we have an opinion about and so uh, we um we were talking and as the two of us were talking we both said we felt our hearts getting bigger 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 we could feel it we could just feel it and just shivers a lot of energy you know shivers and so um i i totally agree with you sue it, it only takes two people right to just completely well chopra deepak chopra said that one person can go in a crowded gymnasium and cause the cells and legs of people in there to go up or down. Right. One person. Yeah. And so the cells of what? The cells of what? Of a leg. So so Chopra's background is um uh in it's not I started to say endometriosis. <laughs> 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 and that, folks, is the comedy section of our. <laughs> no, that's not what he has a background. Uh, endocrinology. Endocrinology. Thank you. That's better. Uh, so <laughs> his his start in medicine was endocrinology. So he was always studying cellular structure, and that's kind of what I am I am gaga about is how does it begin? How does the cell begin, and then what happens after that? And and he proved that in one of the first experience uh experiences and experiments to show that he could take cells out of a leg of somebody and show the the impact of one person in the gym and so he kind of um he was sort of doing a stuff around stem cells when bruce lipton was doing it in the 70s chopra didn't call it stem cells and he he didn't really know that every single one of our cells can reproduce anything, reproduce any part of us. And so uh, this work that Chopra did always stuck with me because I thought 
Now, if one person can do that, what can two do? What can three do? And of course, in the Bible, and Jesus says, where two or more gathered, you know, you can move mountains. And I, I've seen that happen so many times in my own life. But I think that this gathering and this um, kind of, it's kind of blatant, like, I'll show you, you know, it's kind of like the bully, right? And, and the bully doesn't really have anything going for them other than the quick, what you always talk about that, Laura, where the bully doesn't have anything past about five seconds, that the bully <laughs> yeah. is really more afraid. They're just yeah, trying, that's right. it's like a fast, they want a fast reaction because yeah. they can't handle a slow reaction. And right. I think, I think that that kind of made me think about that this morning that they flooded the news wires and everything with this big, you know, Satan con. And I think they're kind of like the bully going, Oh, Scottsdale, you wouldn't let us pray. So we'll just pray all over you. And, uh, you know, to me, it just says, all you have to do is stand, st stand tall. Like what you said, you know, we know who's stronger and, um, and eventually, you know, and I this, always believe you know, this, this morning we were talking, Trisha and I, and I, you know, I was saying to her, cause she said, I'm not leading with fear about this. We have to, and we did an intercession prayer and everything and we'll continue to, but I just said, oh, what we need to do is put on the armor of God, right? All of the, you know, the helmet of right, everything. And, and then, and then be the light. Don't worry about, um, you know, saying mean things about them or whatever, just be the light put on the armor of God, the blood of Jesus prayed all over everything. And, and then hopefully if we turn one soul and one soul sees the truth and one soul, you know, um, sees the power of God, like Ebuchadnezzar did in Babylon, you know, um, it, it, it just, that's, that's what the way it would be. I would like to approach it. And I only felt not felt that way she brought that to my light to me, you know, cause I'm a fighter of all oh, those people were going to, yeah. And I'm just like, you know, just be the light, be the shine. So, well, that's, that's sort of my new, I'm here in Costa Rica that has so much contextual stuff about love and peace and everything. And so for me, I'm, you know, literally in bed with my, my, what I love and the environment and dogs and people saying, I love you and things like that. Um, Deborah, I want to read this because I think you've brought up something that is so powerful and it's Ephesians 6, uh, 11, 18. And it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and against rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness and high places and high places it, it i believe the truth is coming out all over the place and so wherefore take unto you the whole armor of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore having your loins skirt about the truth having the breath breastplate of righteousness having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication to the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints it's really thank you for bringing that up because it, this 
the four of us think about it we're, we're putting this out into the internet and facebook and spotify and we're just saying we're not going to be afraid of bullies we don't have to worry about that i i was bullied a lot when i had these k-12 schools i was bullied a lot including good morning america <laughs> and and uh somebody said you know trish this is really serious you need to you need to really fight this and this could be this and this could be that and, and uh, i said well the worst thing I can think of is that they send me to prison the rest of my life and I'll just teach yoga. So that one's not so bad. <laughs> and then I said, or somebody decides they're going to bomb my car, kill me or something mm -hmm. like that. And I said, and that's not so bad because I know I'm going to heaven. So like, I'm just not going to worry about it. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep showing up in court and eventually they'll give up. And that's exactly what happened. It was just, you know, they just kept it's bullying. And I think that's what's happening with Scottsdale. And Scottsdale, almost everybody's been to Scottsdale. And uh, the the Grand Canyon, which is close to Scottsdale, people come into Scottsdale, go up to the Grand Canyon. That's the number one visited place in the world. Wow. So I always believed that Phoenix was called Phoenix from God, not from the person who named it Phoenix. Because mm -hmm. I always thought that th there there's a lot of tribal force there there's a lot of shamanic work there and some uh the three tribes that were the most peaceful the zuni the hopi and partially the navajo uh have a supai that was it because they, they're, they're the keepers of the salt they practiced harmony with nature harmony with water all the time and they didn't fight they wouldn't fight and uh, that's why they were almost all completely knocked out. But I think that I think we're seeing a resurgence of love and God on the planet and people going, no, I'm going to say it, it's God. It's not me. I'm, I'm going to live and be truthful and honest and as loving as I possibly can and hope God works it out. At and, <laughs> yep, and authentic. And so, so we're getting a little bit close to the end of our time here. You can imagine it, we could talk all day, but yeah. I would like, we have a thing called um, the row advice. And so at the end of what we're talking about today, we are talking about healing and love and peace and, and, um, and, and, uh, you know, spiritual warfare. We've talked about mm -hmm. spiritual warfare, which is real. Um, do you have some row advice that you'd like to say, and it doesn't have to be a, you know, advice of a philosopher, but what, what do you, what do you have to say to, um, our audience at the end of our time here, we're going to go over to clubhouse in you know, five minutes or so, but, and that's when I'll ask you the other spiritual question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I would like our viewers to know is that you have to put out what you want to attract you know if you want a peaceful life you need to live in peace you know if you want love in your life you need to extend unconditional love just like our father does you know i think that um we are made in the image of god perfection you know um, or in these human bodies, not so perfection, but we can get as close 
to perfection as, as we allow ourselves to. Our body has everything it needs inside. We just need to harness it. We need to get in there. We need to realize the good and, and not give up. You know, don't let all these distractions, and I hate to, you know, make it sound like I'm not that concerned about Scottsdale, because, you know, that is an awful thing, but it's a distraction of the enemy. You know, the adversary wants to get you off track. He wants you not to be working on your purpose, so he's going to throw all these things out there. You know, I just like to kind of when I see stuff like that going on or hear about stuff like that going on, I think about when my kids were little and Care Bears came out. You know, you remember the Care Bears and oh, when yeah. they needed to really get in there and get united, the hearts all went there and the big bursts of light, you know? Well, that's just what we have to do about Scottsdale. You just take all that healing energy, all that love and everything, and you just broadcast it. And, you know, that's going to get the adversary so upset that the other stuff's not going to work anyway. You know, it's just the way it works. So I guess just row advice, you know, be what you want to see. Oh, I love that. And shine the light because where there's light, there can't be darkness. Right. And um, Laura, you've been... Um, do you have a question for Sue or anything that well, you'd like, like to say at the like end? Like three minutes. I'll make time. it really quick. I, so actually too, with the light, I always think about Anita Majori from TEDx. Um, it's called Dying to Be Me. She had a near-death experience mm -hmm. and she talks about once you shine the flashlight in the corner, you can't unsee it. You know what's right. there. Right. And that's kind of what you're talking about. But I will ask in the last few minutes and then we can pick up on Clubhouse. We always like to know if you've seen an angel or a ghost or, and I know, cause I saw your sheet that you've seen something. Yeah. I'd love to hear that little story. If you could start it here and just tell us what you think it was. Well, I, the one that I, I, I mean, it's, I've had several experiences, but the one that stands out the most in my mind started with, um, my bedroom window of all things. You know, I, I live in a house that was built in 1939, you know, and it's had a lot of history to it and stuff. It was a war project house. And um, so there's a lot of original pieces and it's got its little odds and endsy flaws, but my bedroom is one of the few rooms that actually has like new windows and, you know, that actually work go up and down and they, you know, they have the locks on them that work. And um, several years ago, on how like near holidays and stuff, um, my bedroom window would just randomly open. <laughs> wow. It, it started in uh, at Christmas time. And, you know, we don't really want that in Michigan. And since um, I had no clue what was going on, I, I just kind of like, okay. And I closed the window, you know, and then the next holiday had come up because, you know, you'd think, well, you know, maybe air pressure or whatever, <laughs> you lock it, it's still, 
comes open. And I don't know if you want me to finish the rest of this on Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. Or we're going to go over to Clubhouse and we'll we'll let you finish your story. I yes. love it. The window going Cliff open. Hanger. <laughs> but thank you so much for being here. We well, love you, you as a guest. And we'll see you over on Clubhouse 